It's another episode of Metal Rock and Whiskey. I'm Sailor, and this is going to be a very special episode dedicated to the late great Vinnie Paul of Pantera. And for the listeners that might be new to this show, we typically compare two albums from one against each other. We discuss, usually argue, and very professionally, yeah, debate the merits. <laughs> and in the end, only one album or artist reigns supreme. But tonight, we will not be doing that. Our format, unfortunately, is going to be quite different. Unfortunate indeed, Ed. And since the news broke last week, we decided to do a bit of a retrospective on the life and career of one Mr. Vinnie Paul, and then reissue Metal Rock and Whiskey episode number 18, which was our Pantera episode. So we will discuss Vinny and his history a bit, talk about some of the reactions from the music community and some of the tributes that have already happened. And then I did a little poll as well on my Instagram, and we'll talk about what some of the listeners um, think is Vinny's best work. Now, we always drink on this show, as I'm sure most of you know, and tonight is no different in that respect. So, hey Matt, let us know, what are you drinking? Well, I'm actually, I was uh, gifted a bottle of, um, it happens to be, uh, for the people that really know it, this is my favorite distillery, a uh, New York distillery called Hill Rock, uh, which is in upstate okay. New York. Uh, very beautiful piece of property up there. It's all grain to glass. Uh, obviously, they grow all their own stuff. Um, and uh, this is their double cask rye whiskey finished in sauterne barrels. Uh, mm. For uh, people not familiar with that, sauterne is actually a French dessert wine. Um, and it's just, it's a beautifully crafted rye whiskey. Uh, and the sauterne barrel kind of gives it like a, a bit of like a honeycomb uh, sweeter finish to it. It is sensational. It's a little bit pricey. If you find it on the shelf, it'll be about $90, but I would recommend it to anyone any day of the week. What are you guys drinking? Sounds like a bar for me. Sounds good, though. Yeah, it's delicious. Absolutely phen- phenomenal. Um, I, myself, am drinking one of my one of my uh, go-tos. I'm drinking, as many of you have heard on the show before, Larceny. <laughs> There's never going to be a time when we don't laugh at that. <laughs> As a matter of fact, every time I walk through a liquor store and I see a bottle of Larceny, I laugh. <laughs> and contrary to popular rumor, no, I'm not the European rep or the Austri- Austrian rep for Larceny. Eastern European. <laughs> Although if they'd like to pay me to go over there and represent them, I'd be more than willing to. <laughs> Well, I am drinking uh, Old Forester, and I'm drinking the 100. It's so delicious. It's actually one of my favorites um, in that proof category. It's got so much body, so much sweetness to it. Um, I love it. I just have to be careful that I don't 
drink too much of it. <laughs> no, is that is that the bottled and bond or is that single barrel? It's the bottled and bond. Bottled and bond. Okay. Mm-hmm. Delicious. Nice. And uh, one thing that we forgot to talk about is our buddy Jake is not with us tonight. Um, he said he might be able to pop in, but um, just in case, um, anybody know what he's actually doing? Fixing something somewhere, maybe? Fixing Probably. Something somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> he's the fix-it guy. He is Mr. <laughs> he is Mr. Fix-it. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea what he's doing either, so... We just know he's not here. Yes. But cheers to our buddy Jake. Yes. All right. So let's talk a little bit about Vinnie Paul and his life and career. Um, Vincent Paul Abbott was born in Abilene, Texas on March 11th in 1964. His father was actually a country music songwriter and producer. And um, his brother, known as Dimebag Daryl, was also a musician and his bandmate until Dimebag's death in 2004. Vinnie Paul formed the heavy metal band Pantera in 1981 with Dimebag. And uh, after the end of Pantera in 2001, Paul and Dimebag formed Damage Plan. Then in 2006, a few years after his brother's very tragic and untimely death, Paul joined supergroup Hell Yeah. They've actually had five albums released. And I got to say, until he passed away last week, I had not listened to any of them. Um, I think I hadn't listened to them because I wasn't really a Damage Plan fan. So, yeah. So, um, Paul has said that some of his biggest drumming influences um, were Peter Chris, Tommy Aldridge, Bill Ward, John Bonham, of course, Alex Van Halen, and Neil Peart. In 2009, Vinnie Paul started the American Drummer Champions with the aid of his close friend, um, who is the former Downset drummer. And then in August of 2013, Paul was featured in a music video for Black Label Society cover of Ain't No Sunshine. Um, Zach Wilde and Paul were well known to be very close friends. Wilde was a very good friend of um, Vinny's brother Dimebag for many, many years. I have um, seen the video of that and it's freaking amazing. Um, Vinny's final performance was at the Vinyl um, at the Hard Rock Hotel and Resort in Las Vegas um, just shortly before his passing. And um, since he's passed, there have been so many tributes um, from his colleagues in the music community. I started to look them up, and it, it's just overwhelming how many. Um, right away, everyone reacted. Um, Black Sabbath, members of Black Sabbath have, have done tributes. Guns N' Roses, Metallica, Megadeth, Lamb of God, Slipknot, In Flames. Jason Bonham dedicated a performance of Stairway to Heaven to Paul. Allison Chains did a particularly emotional tribute to Vinny while playing Nutshell for him at um, One Night in Hellfest on June 24th. And Sebastian Bach and Skid Row covered Cemetery Gates while playing a recent gig in Canada. I have to say it was really, really well done. Surprisingly, not a big Sebastian Bach fan. Hmm. Um, well, he seems like he'd have the voice to pull he that He did. Off. Yeah, it, were, it, was, yeah. It, it came off really well. 
Um, and he also shared some of his stories about touring with Pantera and um, how crazy they were and how crazy the tours were, but how much he respected them for pretty much kicking ass every night. So, um, yeah, so a lot of really moving tributes, um, just a lot of shock. Um, Vinny was only 54 years old. Um, it, he, he did, it was a heart attack and he did die in his sleep. So man, if you got to go, that's definitely the way to go. Um, really sad. He survived by his longtime girlfriend who posted recently, um, thanking the fans and the community for all of their love and support, but she wasn't really ready to talk yet, which is very, very understandable. Um, no kidding. but hopefully, you know, him and his brother are together and, uh, they're rocking out again. So, um, so what do you guys think? What was your reaction when you found out? It's amazing that one of the points of discussion we had on the actual Pantera episode, which is what the you know the listeners will hear after this, uh, you know, was the possibility of a reunion and if it would be a good idea or not. Um, you know, and obviously now that's not. You know, I would think that that's completely off the table because I mean, right. you know, with with both brothers gone, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just um, it's just heartbreaking. Um, Absolutely heartbreaking. I mean, we've we've dealt with a lot of of losses uh, in the rock world over the past five, you know, between you know five years. I would say there's been a lot, uh, yeah. but this this one, you know, is near the top of the near the top of the heap for me at least. Absolutely. I mean, it's just it's just so sad that they both died so young, and mm-hmm. and I mean, obviously Vinny's death wasn't as tragic and and. Um, horrific as dime bags but still unexpected and super young and um phil anselmo of course, obviously was interviewed talking about it and just saying how you know he was just also absolutely in shock and just just absolutely devastated um everybody's reaction to it just pointed to Vinny, just like with dime bag being such a good dude just a really down-to-earth good dude they were both just you know fun a little crazy but in a good way and um just very talented as well my god and and it seems to be unanimous you know usually uh with personalities in you know metal and hard rock you know you'll get you know your guys who get all positive reactions from from their peers and you know you'll have some detractors as well but you know you look around and you really you really if you you'd have to look really hard to find someone that had a bad thing to say about these guys absolutely yeah yeah you know even as for myself um i was never really a a pantera fan back in the day although i do enjoy um after especially after doing some of their um doing the episode on them i do really enjoy some of their songs but you know of course i I just very really respect him as a musician, though he was, you know, it's a shame to lose someone, um, especially at that that young of an age. Yeah, and I have to disagree with you, Seller, on one thing: is that I actually did uh, enjoy Damage Plan um, when they released the album and their subsequent tour after that. Um, I really thought that the dynamic was good uh, with the singer, um, whose name escapes me now. I think his name is Paul. Paul something sorry yeah, yeah. Uh, but fan but fantastic I thought uh, they did a really good job on that album and then they kind of you know once hell yeah came around and I did hear the listen to the first album they kind of lost me a little bit uh, but yeah I thought damage I thought you know what they did in damage plan was 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 noteworthy at least for me anyway I 
think it was too. I just, I think I just wanted Pantera still, you know, and I was just hoping that it was going to really, I don't know. That's true. I think I, I mean, was just I, still yeah. mourning Pantera. It's understandable. So yeah. Yeah. I didn't really have the time, sadly, to, <clears throat> it had they done more albums and been around longer, I probably would have come around to it. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. to me, it was, it was, to me, at least, it, to me, it was Pantera with more of an edge, which is more of that harder, a um, little bit more aggressive. I, I just think it's, it all lies in, in his vocals, really, and his vocal style. Um, but yeah, I mean, if there's anybody out there that is not even familiar with that, I would definitely recommend checking it out, uh, the Damage Plan album. Yeah, I think when I looked when I went back and listened to it, um, I appreciated it a lot more. I liked it a lot more than when it first came out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's why I'm saying, I think for me at the time it was, I was just wanting to hear Pantera yeah. and you know, I would have, like I said, I would have come around to it, but I, I just didn't. And then, you know, going back, I was like, okay, you know, I like it a lot better. That's normal. You're, s- you're going to compare everything that they do from then on to everything right. that had been established already. Right. Oh, and when no. I say that Naturally, I didn't really yeah. care for it, it was back then. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, yep. Like, since then, I'll put it in rotation with Pantera, and I like it, you know, mm-hmm. but not as, yeah, still not as much as Pantera, of course. Yeah. Just for me, at least. Um. So, there was, I was watching some interviews with Vinny, and um, there was this really awesome story about <laughs> when he his dad made him join um, band in school, and uh, he was kind of last in line as the music director was like passing out all the instruments and assigning people instruments. And um, he got assigned the tuba, and he was like, "Fuck yeah, tuba, awesome!" <laughs> so he goes home, and he's like trying to practice it and of course it's not making the tuba sound yet it's more like you know and his dad comes running out of the other room he's like, what the hell is that noise and he's like look i'm gonna be a tuba player and his dad's like no no you're not put on your shoes let's go they hopped in the car went down to school and he told the music director my son's gonna play the drums this, this is just not happening and apparently within days he's sitting behind a drum set and he said the minute he first started playing, he was like, oh, yeah, this is awesome. And in the interview, he's like, so my dad changed the face of metal. <laughs> nice. <laughs> that was really awesome. That's a good dad right there. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> my brother played the tuba, but my dad never. What the never fuck are you going to do them. with the tuba? <laughs> like, seriously? Um, and then in another really hilarious interview, which from a very recent interview, He's talking about like how he doesn't party as much anymore. And this kind of reminded me of Lemmy. I find I find this hilarious. So you guys know oh well, I don't know if you do Ed, but Matt, I'm sure you remember. Like they were obsessed with Crown Royal. Oh yeah. Like and they called it Clown Royal. Yep. They had the clown clown royal guitar. And I think it was Vinny who had the clown royal swimming pool. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. ridiculous. Yeah. Um so uh, these like you know the I think it was an interview was from like a year ago or something he's talking about like how he's really serious about you know like you can't party too much and you really gotta you gotta stick with vodka you can't do that brown stuff and I drink a lot of Pedialyte and I make sure I drink water and it was like he's talking about it like he's drinking fucking healthy smoothies or something and this was 
exactly Lemmy. So yeah. when they told Lemmy that he was sick and he had to stop drinking or like like live a healthier lifestyle, whatever it was, he he was like, okay. And he switched. He stopped drinking Jack and Coke and switched to vodka and orange juice. And after he passed, his manager, who just, you know, loved him so much, was like, he really literally thought this was healthy for him, <laughs> that it was going to make him better because he was drinking vodka and orange juice. And I just, cr- like, cracked me up. Um, well, the vodka kills all the bad bacteria, right? Sure. Mm-hmm. And the orange juice is just, you know, or Vitamin you drink C. a little yep, Pedialyte you yeah. and you're good to go, you know. <laughs> Um, but it's funny because he was telling this story also about, um, I don't know if you guys know that he's responsible for denting a Stanley cup. <laughs> oh, Vinnie Paul, right? Not yeah. That. Yeah. 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 So the Dallas, what were they called? The Dallas Stars. Oh, and the Dallas Stars one in 99. Yeah. 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 And, um, so they called, um, cause, cause Vinnie and Dimebag had written a song for them. Like a, you know, like a winning song. And um, so they're like, oh, cool. if, if we win this thing, you, your house better be ready. And, and he's like, so I went and got four cases of Crown Royal. <laughs> the fucking Crown Royal. And they went to this bar that they always used to go to and then ended up at their house. And he's like, we had every stripper in the whole area at the house. And like one of the guys was like on the roof or something like that or on a balcony. And he's like, hey. Finny, catch this! He throws the Stanley Cup off, like into the pool, but it hits the side. Dink, puts a <laughs> puts a chink in it. Oh, man. <laughs> hey, off topic as a hockey fan, that trophy has seen more crazy times than every oh, metal hard rocker combined. I'm so. Oh, I can imagine. Yes, there are legendary stories of that. Yeah. Of that yeah. trophy, yeah. But I love how the story begins with. So I went and got four cases. Four of cases, Crown yeah. Royal. No story can end. No story can end well when it starts with four like cases that. of yeah. Crown Royal. <laughs> I guess you got to go uh, Canadian whiskey when hockey's involved. Then, oh, right? God, yeah, I guess. I just wish their I just wish their taste in whiskey was a little better. That's yeah, it. same. Yep. Same. Shots fired. Boom! Take that, Canada. Yeah. <laughs> So um, I did a little Instagram poll to ask our wonderful listeners um, what. So I said, um, what's your favorite song that features Vinnie Paul and why? So I got a lot of really good responses and um, I got a lot of different responses, which I thought was really interesting. Yeah, very um, different. Yep. Yeah, very, very different. So, um, my friend Bourbon Rado, um, said Cowboys from Hell, uh, for him. He's, he said he was a late bloomer to Pantera and he started listening back in 2007 when he joined the U S Marines and he was angry all the time. Um, huh. and no, then he shout said, out to Bourbon Rado, by the way, another Chicago guy. There you go. <laughs> he said that guitar riff in the beginning was so tight and suddenly bam, Vinny comes crashing down on drums. It was so loud and heavy that he honestly caught my attention to drumming. So um, then my buddy Killjoy for Life said, it's a tough choice, but I'd have to say Slaughtered, one of the first bands to make me realize how badass double bass pedal work could be. And then, uh, let's see, Meshboats, my dude, said probably Medicine Man, sick, sick groove, and has that tribal flair. I would have to agree. Vinny was definitely had the groove in his drumming. Um, and then 
my dude Whiskey Fast Core said, my favorite song with Vinny on drums is Becoming. It's an extremely complex song drum-wise, but also the double bass rhythm grooves like a motherfucker. I mean, there are songs that are just as complicated and interesting, but Becoming is the perfect blend of skillful drumming and rhythms. Great answer. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's see. And then my good friend Underbody said, fucking hostile. It has a drum break that calls out Vince, and it's a complete thrash fest. Definitely, definitely awesome. Um, and then my buddy T. Fosterchild said, mouth for war. Um, Pantera and fuck you, damage plan. The tempo changes would be tough to keep up with. Vinny made it all look easy, and he'll be greatly missed. He inspired so many modern drummers. I would have to agree with that. And um, let's see who else. My friend Alejandro said it's a hard choice, but he has to go with Broken. So uh, let's see. I think that's everybody that responded. Uh, oh, my friend Troyer2112 said a new level. So incredibly powerful and tight as hail. So what about you guys? What would you go with? I mean, I have to, going back to what T. Foster Child said, I would have to agree with him that uh, he makes it look easy. I mean, it doesn't matter how complicated the arrangement is or the breakdown or whatever. I mean, he doesn't even look like he's breaking a sweat when you watch him in, you know, live performances and stuff. Um, just just guys that just really knows what he's doing back there. Uh, but I would say for me... Um, you know, for Pantera, obviously Cemetery, Cemetery Gates, um, Walk, obviously Damage Plan. I'm going, you're bringing new life, definitely. Nothing from Hell Yeah, I'm not really, not yeah, feeling I'm, it. I'm torn between Heresy from Cowboys from Hell and Hostile from Vulgar Display of Power. I'm torn between those two. What do you think? Ed? All sounds good to me. Do you have an opinion on it? Nope. No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that, um, you know, I went back and I listened to the show and um, that we did on Pantera. And um, I thought it was perfect to use that in our retrospective because, um, you know, that was his biggest body of work and really, really what he was known for. You know, although, you know, there was damage plan and hell yeah. Pantera is really, you know, what set him, set him up. So, um, tonight we pour one out for Vinny and, uh, rest and rock dude. And, um, yeah, super bummer, but thank you. Thank you for the fucking amazing music. Thank you, Vinny. Rest in peace, Vinny. So without further ado, we bring you episode 18, Pantera. So we're going to talk about Pantera tonight, as Ed mentioned, and um, I'm going to start you guys off a little bit of a timeline, um, especially for those people who may not be that familiar um, with Pantera, and um, I want you guys to please reference the photos that I sent you, because everybody, and I'm going to post, listeners, I will post these on our Instagram and in our Facebook group. It's very important to have these um, 
these visuals when we talk about the first part of this band's history. I don't want to so, look. You have to. I don't want to look. You have to do it. You have to. You just, oh, in particular, scary. let me call out one photo that I want you to pull. In particular, there's a pink background, and it's, no, yeah. it's all of them. <laughs> there's some growling, you know, like, Arr! give me more, babies. That's it. That's it. That's how I imagine the photo shoot went. <laughs> give me the sexy look, baby. That was, um, that was, uh, that was a sex Pantera. <laughs> okay, so Pantera was formed in 1981 in Arlington, Texas by the Abbott Brothers, drummer Vinnie Paul and Dimebag Daryl, along with lead vocalist Terry Glaze, and then eventually Rex Brown on bass. Pantera was actually a glam metal band originally. So... These are the photos that we are referencing, and they are golden. So bad. So good. I mean, they got the hair going on. They got the eyeliner. They've got the spandex pants. They've got the puckered lips, the the pouty Vinny, lips. <laughs> Vinny, Vinny just looks like a Saturday Night Live spoof in these pictures. <laughs> it's... it's- it really it's does. It's so good. It's amazing. <laughs> the perms. The perm. Oh my god, the perms. Look at the black and white one. The black and imagine, white one. I could I could imagine Chris Farley doing him. Yeah, yeah, as, be, in a skit. Him yes, at that at that point yes, in time. Totally. Yes. Totally. Oh, oh yes. That would be so yes. good. Jack Black would be Dimebag. You kidding <laughs> yeah, me? So look at no, you, you gotta look. I mean, this oh, you picture. Mean, you mean diamond. Right here, diamond? Sorry, that's right. This one, this <laughs> yes. picture right here, where yes. so so listeners, when it gets posted, it's uh, it's Vinny, and he's in a, a sleeveless uh, <laughs> cheetah print V-neck tank top with some lace on it, with a purple do rag tied around his wrist. And he, Lavender, he has, right. I mean, he has full on, uh, um, like Delta Burke hair from Delta the eighties. <laughs> <laughs> this is designing women right here. Designing women if they were in Jersey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is bad. He, oh he looks like, he looks like he's a cross dresser. But look, he picture. does. Cause I love how it's, the shirt's ripped too. Yeah. It's oh, not yeah. like a V neck. It's ripped. So it's like wild. Rawr. But he's like full on chest hair, everything. <laughs> yeah. But Jack, Jack, it's like Jack there's, Black, there's like Jack the Black could do this. There's perfectly. like diamond, there's diamond Dave chest hair. And then there's, there's this. Th- there's yeah. this chest <laughs> yeah. hair is the there's David Lee Roth. The kind you okay. shave. Yeah. Okay. If, if, yeah. uh, if Jack Black was going to do Diamond, then Zach Galifianakis would be Vinny. <laughs> yes! <laughs> Ed, get on that. Superimpose those faces. Why did over. we... I'm, like, I look at this shit sometimes and I think to myself, why did we look like this back then? I mean, because I looked like this too. I don't, I don't know what the hell happened. I don't know. So, okay. So, in late 1986, Pantera was looking for a heavier sound. So, they replaced Terry Glaze, 
apparently Thank apparently God. they blamed it on him with Phil and Salmo and released the album Power Metal. And that's really when the marked change in their look and music style becomes noticeable. <laughs> then with their fifth studio album, Cowboys from Finally. Hell, they went they went into the groove metal sound, quote unquote. And then in 1992, they released Vulgar Display of Power, and that's when I feel like they were really in a sweet spot with their sound. And I think most fans, when they think of Perterra, will often think of this album in their head. So then in 1994, there's big changes that came for the band. Their next album, Far Beyond Driven, debuted at number one on the Billboard 200. That was huge. So then we'll fast forward to 1996, and the waters begin to be very troubled for the band. Unfortunately, Anselmo had become a heroin addict, and he He was really struggling with his addiction. In fact, that year, he almost (laughs) died of an overdose. At this time, well, yeah, he died and came back, Mm -hmm. indeed. Um, At this time, they were attempting to record the album, The Great Southern Trend Kill, and it was such a mess that they actually had to record separately. So um, a lot of the band members, the tensions were so high that they couldn't even be in the same room with him. So um, Anselmo recorded separate from the rest of the band. Um, And the tensions between the band became such a problem that they only released one studio album in the next seven years, which was Reinventing the Steel in 2001. Shortly after that, Pantera disbanded and decided that Anselmo would not return to the band if they were to reform. So Vinny and Dimebag then went on to form Damage Plan, and Anselmo had several other side projects of his own. But sadly, in December of 2004, Dimebag Daryl was shot and killed on stage during a concert in Columbus, Ohio. He was only 38 years old. So that ended Pantera, perhaps forever. So that's kind of Pantera in a nutshell. You know, I, I did a really short timeline. Um, I want to talk a little bit first because it's always the burning topic when you talk about Pantera now. Um, a lot of people, much like our parents, know where they were, you know, when John Lennon was shot or when Kennedy was shot and, you know, um, where were you on 9-11, things like that. There's so many rock and metal fans that talk about, you know, where they were when they heard the news of Dimebag and how it affected them. And, um, yeah. What about you guys? Um, I guess maybe I didn't, I didn't feel too much for it. I don't tend to get caught up. You know, I, I appreciate and I love the music that people put forth and, you know, it's always sad when somebody dies too young, but I I guess if it's not, you know, family or friend, I don't tend to really get that emotionally connected. Um, It certainly was disappointing because, you know, from that point for me, they could never do Pantera again. Um, you know, in my mind, I mean, I guess they could play their songs, but it would never be, it would never be Dimebag, you know, playing, playing those guitar riffs that, that were so legendary. Um, so that was a bummer. Uh, but you know, at the same time, they were kind of, I don't know, they, they had already broken up. I, I wasn't, I wasn't that big of a fan of, of damage plan. Um, you know, whether that was 
you know, just because I was you know, irritated that they weren't doing Pantera anymore and and the sound was different. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it certainly is. It was unfortunate, but I don't know if I. I don't know if I. I, I mean, I could tell you exactly like every detail of where I was, who I was with, uh, you know, on nine 11, but mm -hmm. I couldn't tell you where I was when I found out that dime bag was shot. Yeah. Me neither. Um, I knew, remember, I forget when it was, I think it was probably sometime after the fact that I heard about it. And, um, it wasn't until I was actually doing research for this show that I found out, you know, all the details, about what had exactly happened and um yeah it was unfortunate uh for <clears throat> sure and um like we were talking about um before with that guy well, what, what was the band where the guy came up on the stage and got pushed off oh lamb of god lamb of god yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah you know i can totally see why you you know how that could happen after you know this yeah. incident with dime bag um yeah. so I haven't wasn't really all that in, much into Pantera just because I didn't hear much of them. I didn't have other friends who was into them, but after listening to them, I you know I probably would have been into them if I had heard them more. But how about you, Matt? Do you remember much about it? I mean, I I do remember. I don't remember exact details, but at that time period, you know, I was in college and had been going to a lot of shows at similar venues around that time, small venues, few hundred people um, seeing different bands. And I was a fan of damage plan and I had wanted to see them on that tour. Um, hmm. But you know, that show in Columbus, I think was near the end. I think maybe they had one, one show or two shows left after that one uh, before they called the tour uh, and was disappointed. I didn't get to see them. Unfortunately, because I did like that album, and that—that's the only reason it kind of hit me was because I was obviously I was a Pantera fan, but having frequented smaller venues like that and seeing bands very, you know, personally very close, uh, that's kind of how it hit me because you know it could have been any venue sure. on any night with any band really. Yeah, I would say I would I would agree to that point. I think what it made me think about more was the next time that I was in, you know, a, a venue of that style, it, it kind of made you think about that, you know, that, I mean, could it, could it happen at this show or, you know, you might see a heightened level of security af after that at the time. So yeah, I met, I met to that point, you know, those, those types of venues are awesome to mm -hmm. see shows in and you just, you just never know. I mean, it's not a, you know, a pro sports arena with metal detectors and everything else. So it's, it made you, it made you think for sure. So this was, um, this was the year that I exited the music business it was late 2004, early 2005. Um, so damage plan wasn't as big as Pantera was obviously. Um, so they were playing with a lot of, hardcore and metalcore bands that were fairly small, you know, in fairly small venues, which was amazing because people were flipping out because it was the guys from Pantera. So I had been at many, many shows where Pantera played. They had played several shows with bands that I had done tours for or, um, 
one of my bands uh, on my label was, you know, at a show in Europe or whatever. And um, I also went to college in Columbus. So I got a phone call really quickly after the news broke from a friend like, oh, my God, you're not going to believe what just happened because it was in Columbus. And I was like, shut up. Are you serious? And I just happened to be with a friend um, who's – was in a very, very well-known um, hardcore band, metalcore band, whatever you want to call them. Um, and he started, like, within a couple hours as the news spread, you know, the, um, like, the loud wire and, you know, these type of, you know, lamb goat the, started calling, asking for, you know, what are your, what's your feeling on this? What are your thoughts? Do you have any comments? And this person was um, pretty good friends with Dimebag and was very overwhelmed emotionally. And I was trying to help him answer. And at the time, we didn't really know. that. To me, the sad thing about this is he didn't just shoot and kill Dimebag. The, the story is so sad, the carnage. Um, the other people that were killed, it, it was awful. Um, so terrible as with, you know, any tragedy like this, but it was just a weird thing for me because they were at the time pretty much on the same level as a lot of the bands I was working with or had worked with or my friends were in, are in. So that was really freaky to me because they were, it was, that could have been one of us. That could have been one of my guys, you know? So that, it freaked me out um, really, really bad. And, you know, and so I, was in that community at the time. And there were so many people that were like, I don't know, I'm not like freaked out to go to shows for a little while. Um, a lot of people, a lot of the musicians were super freaked out about playing and were really serious about security. Like, no, nobody comes up on stage anymore. I'm sorry. You know, like it sucks, but it just doesn't happen anymore. You know, no one gets, and just asking venues started checking backpacks Mm -hmm. and things like that. You know, it, it did change a lot. And I um, ended up meeting about a year or so later. I was in Texas with another friend of mine who owned, also owned a small underground record label. And um, he knew one of the guys that had gotten shot and injured. Um, he survived. Uh, and we were at some hardcore like festival thing in, in Texas. And uh, he told a little bit of the story. And I was just like, ugh, ugh. And he he got out of he just got out of the business. I can't remember exactly what he did, but um, it was a terrible thing. You know, Pantera fans are very very hardcore fans. Um, these dudes could do no wrong, basically. So, you know, losing Dimebag was a really big deal for them. Um, I don't I don't know if I agree that Pantera can't go on. I mean, even though Dimebag was such a, he was such a personality, I do think that they can continue. And I, I think they should continue. I really do. I think he would have wanted them to continue. Why not? Well, I don't see it as being any different than, you know, Ozzy going on without Randy Rhodes. you know? Mm. Exactly. Well, no, it's, no, continued without I Cliff. I think that's kind of, but, but, yeah, but that no, it it would more it would be more like uh, like 
James going on without Lars or Lars going on without James. Sure. We're talking about two founding members and sure. not just two founding members, but, but brothers. Sure. So it's not just that. Uh, no, that's true. And it's not, and it, you know, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't the Vinny band. It was Pantera and it was founded by two brothers. Like I said, like Cliff, even Cliff, Cliff wasn't, James and, and Lars are, are who started Metallica. I mean, you can I can't imagine Metallica being Metallica without one of those two. And um, I mean, not, I guess if it yeah. was going to be either of them, it, let's replace Lars. And not to be blunt, <laughs> and, <laughs> and and not to be blunt, and not to take anything away from the Randy Rhodes tragedy, but since you brought that up, um, you know, there's, I mean. You're talking about one guy who's coked out in a plane with another <laughs> coked out guy and someone who gets murdered on stage. I think it's two. You're yeah. talking about two totally different things here. Sure. Yeah. But Vinny has said he has said that he would <laughs> if the fans want Pantera to you know reunite or whatever, he would do it. Yeah, I mean, it's he a touchy said subject. Yeah. I, I mean, well, but but also, I mean, where are they at in the spectrum of you know what can. What can Phil do at this point? I mean, I vocally. It's true. Well, assuming that they would even be able to have Phil back, which I don't see as a that's, possibility. That's Well, that's what I was getting at. I mean, they already uh, changed. I mean, Vinny and, and, and Dimebag, they could have just kicked Phil out of the band and continued on as mm-hmm. Pantera if that's what they wanted to do. But they obviously felt like, uh, that the band was going to be too different, you know. And Sailor, this comes to a point that you've brought up in in a previous episodes that that once a band changes their sound to the point where it doesn't sound like that band, that maybe that maybe they just should be a different band. And I think that's why they they went on with Damage Plan as opposed sure. to just continuing on as mm-hmm. Pantera. No, I, I agree. think they I probably agree. felt that way. And I think that I think that the I guess at this point. It would have to be a, a choice for Vinny, but I I just can't see. I guess it's 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 up to him and teach their own. If, if if it turns out great, great. But I don't know. I think that the difference to me, the difference is this: that Pantera has this long history, and then Dimebag dies. In the other situation, they were in the middle of building these bands and the person dies. Do you know what I'm saying? So yeah. which is could, which is more likely for it to continue on as as something. Right. At this point so, they don't they don't need to bring No, Pantera no, no. Back. But they could they could do I mean Phil can still sing. He could he can still do it. I think he's cleaned up his act. I mean he's he's down has played recently, I believe. Um you know, I think that as a tribute to Pantera I mean Certainly, and and I mean, writing new music—that's eh, another story, of course. I don't know, but um, but I think it to me in the interviews that I've seen and when Vinny has talked about it, I think he wants to. But yeah, I don't know, I don't know if there would if Phil would be welcome back though. Honestly, from you know the interviews with the members that I saw, it and Phil seems like I mean he's one of the he rates right up there in my opinion anyway, with um, Axl Rose and Gene Simmons as some of the biggest D-bags. <laughs> no, the band already Indeed. has a, a D-bag. This bag, it'll be, be uh, douche, Dimebag Daryl and Douchebag Phil. 
I <laughs> <laughs> see, but I could almost see recording new material as more acceptable than just going on tour as a pure money grab with some somebody else playing guitar. Yeah, so if you if you if you want to bring if you want to bring somebody in to move the band forward and create new material, you know whether I know Zach Wilde's name was dropped, but you know n- name whoever. Uh, mm-hmm. Instead of just going on a quote unquote reunion tour, um, you know, I could almost see recording a new album as more acceptable. Yeah, you know, Matt, I, I, I think I might agree with you there because it, it would be, it would be cool to have somebody like a Zach Wild, who I'm, I'm sure uh, was a huge fan of of Dimebag, and that was oh, probably yeah. a big influence on him Definitely. to give somebody of that caliber, you know, an opportunity to more to tribute. And you know, to to kind of tribute a hero of theirs on a new album, rather than, I mean, like like you said, I, I don't know, I can't imagine that they would just go do a money grab. Yeah, it would not be a money grab. And I brought this up. I think you guys are forgetting that recently. Yeah, we talked about this. That. Came up in the in the news because Vinny said he would be very interested in it. If the fans want it, he would do it, and it would certainly not absolutely wouldn't be a money grab in any way shape or form but um i think if they frame it as a tribute as kind of like a an, an ode ode to dime bag kind of thing then i think there's a i think there's a very right and probably a very wrong way that they could come about it and sure. I, I just hope i hope that they do it in a way that that doesn't come off as you know uh i don't know i don't know how to frame it but well, I don't. I would be very disappointed if they carried on the Pantera name. I really don't think that would be be appropriate. I, I don't. I don't have a problem with it. In this case, I just don't. I don't. I really don't. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I don't. Th- I don't have a problem with it. So, but let's talk about their albums, <laughs> shall we? Should we talk about the glam albums or should we leave oh, those yeah. alone? I'm starting to think we should have made this like a two parter. <laughs> 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 or a three parter. Oh, no, no, it's okay. It's okay, Matt, because everything before nineteen ninety is gonna last about five minutes. So all I could think about <laughs> true, true. I was true. listening to some of these earlier earlier glam albums. And, you know, with song titles like Ride My Rocket. <laughs> yeah, they were uh, big aeros- aerospace I'd say that one more time. <laughs> and, you know, ly- lyrics like, hey, baby, lick my ice cream cone. <laughs> it just all I could think about was like. Uh, yeah, wait, wait. Let us is, know. was what like you Spinal were Tap. About. Remember Spinal Tap with more cushion for the pushing? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! It, it was oh, almost like god. they were a spoof of themselves. It was okay. It was so crazy. <laughs> metal magic, thumbs up or thumbs down? That's Why don't you just thumbs? say the whole decade? Projects, <laughs> projects. No, we're gonna do this. Come on! All right, I'm okay. just gonna hold my hand right here, just like this. Okay, so everybody's thumbs down for metal magic. Projects in the jungle. And thumbs down again. I am the knight. <laughs> <laughs> Still a thumbs down. 
uh, power metal. Uh, thumbs. Oh, we got oh. one thumb up. Oh, I, I oh. love it for the, the cheese factor. I, I figured Ed might like that one. Plus, it plays think- right into the wheelhouse <laughs> of my uh, my listening habits at the time when I was a nurse. See, I am right there with you, Ed. I actually. I mean, yeah, I'm not listening to it now because I seriously like it, but I did like it back then. Oh, yeah. in, def- in defense, though, can I we say that if hate glam metal, if I this just was, don't like it. If this was not linked, like, say we worked backwards and this was not in any way linked to Pantera and it was just a glam metal 80s band, forget the <laughs> I name, don't like it. band mm-hmm. X, Y, and Z, could it be mm-hmm. at least acceptable for what no. it is? Not yeah. to me. I don't, yeah. I, I don't, oh, back I don't at like the that time, style. Totally. I, I used think... to listen to Rat. I loved rocking <laughs> yeah, out yeah. to oh, Rat yeah, back in the day. The fact that, the fact that we know? know who was playing and what they became later on. I think. It totally changed. Yeah. That's the problem. Oh, but yeah. like, if you take power metal on its own of the time, does it age well? No. I'm no, not even going to pretend like it ages well. Not even. No, of course not. But for an effort <laughs> of the time, it was a good album if, if for a glam band. Mm. Of the in '88, yeah, I liked it. Is why, it yeah, I mean, it, it holds up. Yeah. It holds up in the time frame. I just, right. I, it's just not a, it's not a genre that I particularly <laughs> like. I didn't, I didn't care for it in the '80s, and I, I don't, still don't really care for it now. It's, it's not. I mean, I can listen to it. It's not bad. I mean, there's certainly worse music out there, but if I have a choice to listen to something else, I certainly will. <laughs> I mean, all the quote-unquote expert reviews <laughs> I read of those first four albums was, was that there was a progression amongst those first four <laughs> yeah. albums toward what they became. There oh, is my no goodness. Pro- there is you no progression. At, there's no progression at all. No, you, you can, you can four, actually. No, there's, there's four, and then there's a sharp line, I and agree. then there's Cowboys. No, I, I listened to them. I listened to them in order uh, over the last I... week, and, and I will tell you that musically, I mean – the the albums didn't get better as far as they don't sound any better. They're they're bad albums, mm. but but you can tell from a talent standpoint that practice that I can hear the progression of in of practice, I Thank you. Yes. They're getting better. Yeah. Albums don't Vinny, get better. Vinny is probably the one that that improved the most. Like his timing in the first album was bad. Well, and the I mean, one he, thing he I was noted, like flipping, he was flipping beats all over the place. Yeah, and the one thing I noted <laughs> is that is that from the beginning, from Metal Magic, Daryl is as good in that on that first album as he is on the last album. Yeah, yeah. he's he, he is. is I mean, yeah. Yeah. it's it's almost <laughs> out of place how good he is on those first four albums with the rest yeah. of the band because you can see the talent is there. Yeah, I mean they that you could hear them progress, but the albums didn't get better, mm. for sure. So okay, so so power metal we're we're fifty fifty, two thumbs down, two thumbs up. Um, Cowboys from hell. How many thumbs can I put up? Here's my you can foot. Only put up one. <laughs> Here's my thumb. foot. My my have, big my, my big feet. toes are up pointing up. Cowboys <laughs> from hell was a transitional album. Yeah, oh, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because I can see. To say the well, least. There, there was the sharpest transition between power metal and Cowboys from Hell, and but from Cowboys from Hell, it was actually a nice, granted, a fairly sharp, but you could still hear a little bit of their old sound in the vocals and stuff. It still was in there a bit. It wasn't very obvious, but it wasn't completely gone. 
I, yeah, I, I think I get what you're saying because then when you go into vulgar, it is totally it's a different. Lot it's more totally, intense. Yeah, totally it's a lot different. More intense. Yeah. No, I like Cowboys from Hell as well. The song "Cemetery Gates." You can oh, definitely hear song. great song. You can definitely hear some of their old style still just hanging on a bit in there in the the vocals um, in parts, but. Uh, yeah, once they get beyond that, it's just awesome. They leave everything, <laughs> everything from their past is left behind. Thank God. <laughs> leave okay. it there, walk away, and let so, it burn. So we have everybody agrees on Cowboys from Hell. That's a all the way thumbs up. Yes. Um, vulgar display of power. Oh. Thumbs up. I mean, two thumbs up for me when, yeah. Definitely. Um, Huge. This, yeah, like I said in the timeline, this is what I think everybody thinks of. This is the album everybody sees in their mind, right? When and one of the coolest of album covers. One of the coolest albums. It is album a cool album cover. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love that. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's like some of the songs on this album are, you know, Walk is... I mean, oh yeah, that's one of their best. <laughs> walk was God, my ring. My walk, back when back when having your uh, music ringtone was cool. Hey, walk I was Walk was my ringtone forever for like two years. <laughs> oh wait, you skipped over an <laughs> album there. That's a great Sailor, hockey song. I think. What did oh, I skip yeah. over? Far yeah. Beyond yeah. Driven. Oh shit, that's right. Sorry. You know why? Because I don't really care about that album. <laughs> <laughs> I love that album. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Gloves are gloves are off. <laughs> no, I mean it's it's. Smells um, all right. Yeah, it's a weird. It's like a non. It's not that I don't like it. I forget about it all the time because it's like a non out. I don't know what happened there. I don't know. Yeah, but anything. Okay, I'll, I'll let you continue. Well, no, no. We. I mean, we can talk. We should talk. Probably talk about that. I was going to say after. after well, are we going to uh, are we going to continue voting on these albums real quick? Yeah, yes. are we gonna are we gonna yeah. stop and talk yeah, about it? Go with the next one. So, um, no, far beyond driven is after vulgar display of power. Yeah. Um. So I I didn't skip it. Um. Then there's okay. So then, how do we vote on far beyond driven? Two thumbs up. Uh. I'm a side thumb. I'll one side thumb. <laughs> Me too. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but that that means it's three thumbs, so it's fine. Um, <laughs> then, then there's the Great Southern Trend Kill. Still two thumbs. Oh, they lost me oh! after that. Oh, they totally Max lost me. Down. I like that album. No, the vocals get way too <laughs> growly at that point for me. Oh, see, you don't like that growly shit, Matt. Why Matt, you don't like that album, really? Okay. It's a little okay. too. It's a little too southern for me. Oh, uh, see, I grew up that way. Yeah, I grew up it was on like southern, a, southern that was rock, a thing so I love. That, I, that was something I, I really love about that album. I liked it too. Um, okay, then there's reinventing the steel. I'm only one thumb up for that one. I'm a thumbs down on that one. Sorry. <clears throat> I, you, I, you could I, tell the band was done. Same same, same story as the <laughs> yeah. as the previous album. Yeah, a little. Probably a little bit too much drug reference for me as far as where where Phil was in his life. I, I felt like uh, 
I don't know. At times, I feel like the album was forced. Like it was. Oh, t- they were. I could. I mean, that's what. That's the thing. Yeah. They were done. I could tell the that they were. The chemistry was lost. Lost, and, but, and just it wasn't working anymore. I would say on the spectrum of, of you know, in in two thousand. I mean, this this album came out. I'm trying to remember if it came out during my senior year or or right after in high school because I graduated in two thousand, and uh, but there wasn't. There wasn't a ton of great albums that came out in that same genre that year. Like similar, you know, uh, there wasn't a lot of albums to compare it to that year. So it was still a, in that spectrum. It was a good album that year, but in this in in the overall discography uh, for Pantera, it's it's not it's not one of their best. What year it was be, that again? Was that two thousand or two thousand one? Two thousand. Two thousand. I was yeah, just trying was to. Just it seemed not... like it came out like summer of two thousand. It seemed like it came out right after I graduated. I think so. So, um, I'm writing up the tally. So you guys discuss while I do this. Here's your topic. Discuss. Oh, here's a little bit <laughs> I'm of trivia. All the clapped. Whose guitar is Dimebag Daryl buried with? Eddie Van Halen. Mm-hmm. Oh, there you go. Yeah, his get. His guitar from uh, the Van Halen Two album. I miss I miss our trivia segments. Ugh, I don't. <laughs> so, um, how did Dimebag? It's not wasn't his first guitar, but it's the it was his second guitar, but first like really amazing guitar. How did he get it? At the guitar store. No, he <laughs> won a pie eating contest. Ooh, interesting. Oh, nice. I shit you not. You gotta Google it. I've never heard that story. <laughs> he won two years in a row, and when he won the second one, they were like, "Please don't come back because you keep winning these." <laughs> so apparently, the story is goes that where we like, get the expression "shut your pie hole" from. Shut your pie hole. But um, but but the real truth is that Vinny actually won the pie eating contest for him, <laughs> pretending to be him. <laughs> I'm sorry, Vinny. I'm not fat shaming you. Um, so he just seeing had, that seeing that picture of him from the '80s just scarred my brain for I the know. whole. Oh man! So <laughs> apparently, you had to submit a tape of you playing guitar, which he did. So he was one of a hundred and fifty or whatever, and then he got. Then you move on to the next round, and it's a pie eating contest. The oh, fuck that has to do with playing guitar? I don't know. It's so Texas. he won tw- two years in a row. <laughs> <laughs> but the poor thing sold the guitars. Holy and they needed the money. Really wanted that guitar. <laughs> yeah. So okay. Um. So this is how I might. I'm. I mean, I've been drinking, so I might have fucked this up. <laughs> but I think this is how it went down. Um. Power metal got two thumbs. Right. Right. Those were from Ed and myself. <laughs> right. <laughs> Cowboys from Hell got four thumbs. So you're leaving off the ones that got zero thumbs. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, vulgar display of power got four thumbs, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Far Beyond Driven only got two thumbs. Or is that right? No, it got three. Remember, you and I each gave a halfway up. Oh yeah, thumb. that's right. Three. Okay. Great Southern Trend Kill only got two thumbs. And reinventing the still only got one thumb. My lonely thumb. 
Okay, so <laughs> that means power metal goes away. Bye bye power We're down metal. Down to two albums. That is not power metal. Sorry, cowboys from so hell. Cow- it's cowboys versus Cow- vulgar. Cowboys it versus is. vulgar. Yeah, which yep. I, I mean, I if, mean, if coming into this, if you were to just ask me what the two, what their two best albums were, that's exactly what I would say. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I agree. But we have to play the game. You know, <laughs> that's fun. You gotta fun. give me something to do. While I'm sitting here drinking. So we have to choose between these two albums. Which I think is interesting. Because I... Can I just choose my favorite kit It's e- It's easy for me. <laughs> it's yes. actually easy for me too. If it comes down between the two. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I have, I have, I have my pick. Because hmm. the, the, right. the CD is actually in the CD player in my truck right now, right. and it's been go, there. It's been there for six years. All right, let's, All right. Go, let's go around the horn. Okay, round the table. Okay, so Ed, I'm Ed, gonna start with you. Cowboys or with, vulgar? With cowboys. Okay, and tell me why. Why? Because of the vocals. They still have. I mean, not that I think that vulgar display is unlistenable it's not i can still handle it but it's skew starting to skew farther towards the range that i don't really like as much and cowboys is still pulled back a little bit and i can still enjoy the more of the vocals in that album okay all right matt i will go with cowboys all day all night all year <laughs> And why? <laughs> For all the reasons that Ed said, plus, it has my favorite song on there, which is Cemetery Gates. Oh, Cemetery Gates. <sighs> such a good song. And You're making this difficult, Matt. And again, <laughs> I think that as good as Vulgar is, starting with Vulgar and moving to the later albums, I think there is less... And I hope I can find the right word. There is less... Um, a lot of the songs sound the same. They're kind of they kind of drudge along from song to song. I think on Cowboys you have enough diversity from song to song that just yep. makes it a complete album uh, without me getting bored, and that's a huge thing for me about getting bored when <laughs> all the songs start sounding the same. As good as they are, once they start sounding the same, I just completely tune out. On Cowboys, I do not get that song. The song keeps me interested, and that is my choice. Okay. And Jake? Well, I'm going to go to a new level and walk over here with this love for Pantera. I knew it. And I'm going vulgar, display of power, punching that face on the cover. <laughs> I, when, let's see, I've had my, I've had my truck for, I think, well, six and a half years. And the first CD I put in my disc changer was this album and it's been there ever since it's never left <laughs> i probably i don't even know if it works i haven't listened to my cd player in so long but, <laughs> but it's there but it's in there it. all those it's, cold michigan nights and i don't think yeah, right <laughs> <laughs> it's it's still in there all that expanding and contracting of the plastic i'm sure did that cd a lot of good so this was uh uh this was actually the very first pantera album out like album that I ever heard. I had heard Cemetery Gates, you know, the songs that got radio play. I, I came across Pantera through radio play. Actually, and it was probably 
it was probably Cemetery Gates that was the song that caught my ear that made me really want to get into them. Um, and, you know, you go to the, the CD record store and, and uh, Vulgar Display of Power was the first one that I saw and I thought the album cover was just super cool. So I bought it and, and uh, man, I mean, it, I was an instant. This is, uh, Pantera is a, a top five band for me. And, um, you know, thank you guys for uh, letting us talk about this band on my birthday. That was uh, very cool of all of you, but uh, one of my favorite bands and one of my favorite albums of all time. So I, I can't, I can't move away from it. But it's Cowboys could easily be one B. It's sure. it's not an it's not an easy decision. I think I think they're probably equal in my love for musicality, and maybe there's just a sentimental edge to Vulgar Display of Power. Hmm. No pressure, okay. Sailor. No pressure. <laughs> well uh, you are the deciding vote so I, I will tell you that it's t- this is is tough for me to choose um i mean i i'm confident in my choice but i when i was think i've been thinking about this for the past couple of days and like going over and over in my head um you know what's i always kind of go well what songs would i have to live without this is, when, this is what happened when we did Metallica, you know. Can I live without certain songs if I have to choose, you know, off the album? So I'm kind of going to approach this the same way. Um, can I live without a lot of songs from Vulgar Display of Power? Yes. Would it be difficult to live without Walk and Mouth for War? Yes. Very <laughs> difficult. Fucking but, hostile. Oh, so good. A, good, a, a great song. I, however, the two songs that I picked out that would be tough to live without for me are Walk and Mouth for War. Can I live without Cowboys from Hell, the song? And can I live without Cemetery Gates? I cannot. No. I cannot. So I have to go with Cowboys from Hell. Hey, <laughs> I have to. I don't I'm blame sorry. you. I don't blame. No, I don't. I don't. It was I don't a really you. tough, tough, tough choice. But it came down to I would choose Cemetery Gates over every other song on Vulgar and Cowboys from Hell over every other song on Vulgar except for Walk, of course. But I was only left with one song on Vulgar as opposed to Cowboys from Hell, and that's I think- how I chose. I think this love actually might be my favorite song on it's a, uh, on again, Vulgar. It's a great it's a song. Great song. See, to me, Walk is my favorite, but I have to go with Cowboys from Hell. Well, like so, you said, Jake, one A and one B. Yeah. Yep. So Cowboys from Hell, it is. There you have it. Insert clapping noises. Woo-hoo. Yay! That was difficult. That, I all I I went back and forth listening to both of too. those albums. As mm-hmm. soon as as soon as you said that it was going to be an album battle, I was like, "Oh shit! I'm seriously <laughs> going to have to choose one of these." <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the way it goes around here. Yep. Yeah, it was not easy at all. On um, on a on a different day, I, I could have gone. I could have gone Cowboys. Honestly, I. Uh, 
I love Far Beyond Driven too. I think I I think that's this awesome album too. I, I again everything from 1990 to 2000. I love 90 percent of it. <clears throat> there's there's some songs in uh, on, on albums that aren't Cowboys and Vulgar that I could do without for sure. And that's what, to me, these two albums that we just voted between are the most complete albums in their discography, in their catalog. Okay. Well, that's our winner. That's our discussion. That's how we feel about Pantera. There you go. All righty. So we want to just want to give a huge thanks to all of our listeners out there. And... Please join us next week. Except for, for Bob. No- Except for Bob. We don't want to thank Bob. Yeah, Bob the listener. Oh yeah, Bob. Sorry, yeah. Bob. Um, where was I? An ex- another episode <laughs> of the Metal Rock and Whiskey podcast. All right, Matt, you got something for us? Or do I ever? Uh, I will say. To all of our listeners, our fellow Metal Rock and Whiskey Obsessors, we value your opinions and your feedback. Please find us on Instagram at Metal Rock Whiskey. Send us your love, your likes, and please share your thoughts, reviews, questions, suggestions, concerns, and comments about the show. Please feel free to do the same on our Facebook page. Search Metal Rock and Whiskey and ask to join to continue discussions. Participate in weekly polls and sound off on the show. Find us on YouTube and please subscribe on iTunes. Give a review. Be nice now. Give us that five-star rating. You can also follow us individually on Instagram. Yours truly, at the Whiskey Obsessor. That is Whiskey. Save the E. Ed, where can they find you? They can also find me on Instagram at Bourbon Geek. Sailor? Hi. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you want to know where you can find me? I'm Sailor Retro. You can just find me at Sailor Retro. <laughs> just Google wherever. it. Wherever. In all the places. Just Google it. You'll find me. all the places. All the places. <laughs> well, you can find me at bourbon.spartan on Instagram. Uh, you can find a way to support us at patreon.com slash metalrockwhiskey. Uh, we got some giveaways going there, so check that out. Help us out. Hopefully you enjoy what we do because we enjoy doing it. We'd love to keep doing it. So check us out there. Thank you, Editor. (laughs) 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 Thank you, Sailor, for setting this up. But guys, my glass of stag is now empty. My insides are on fire in a good way. (laughs) Tip your waitress. We're out. Fuck you, Lars. Bye. Later, everyone.